Hi, I'm Lynn Galadner, and you're listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm a former journalist and the author of nine books, a writing coach, and a marketing expert. In this show, I interview authors and people in publishing about how they find inspiration, how they build their brands and choose their publishing paths, and most of all, how they find meaning in the mundane. If you want to learn more about how to get your writing career off the ground, visit my website, lingaladner.com, and check out the classes, programs, and retreats that I offer. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or on any podcast platform where you find the Make Meaning Podcast. I hope these stories give you the courage and confidence to make your writing dreams come true. Thanks for listening. Ana Vestiana Suarez is a syndicated columnist for Tribune Content Agency and author of several books, including the recent novel Dulcinea. She's also the author of a young adult novel, Flight to Freedom, and a collection of essays called Birthday Parties in Heaven, Thoughts on Life, Love, Grief, and Other Matters of the Heart. Anna's commentary appears weekly in the Miami Herald and several other newspapers and websites. Her writing has also appeared in Reader's Digest, O Magazine, Woman's Day, The Washington Post Magazine, Parenting, and Latina. And she's won awards from the Society of Professional Journalists, the American Society of Feature and Sunday Editors, Women in Communications, and the Florida Society of Newspaper Editors. The mother of five, Anna lives in Miami with her husband. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. So I love to begin by asking authors about their earliest memory of writing. What is yours? I remember being somewhere in second grade and writing little stories. Remember that the old line paper? Yeah, Uh, yeah. And that was about the time that my English had also gotten better. And I remember that with a pencil, having little drawings to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I imagine both the drawing and the writing were pretty bad. (laughs) And now you're a journalist and an author. And, you know, I want to hear all about your writing process. I know that you're a journalist by day, an author by night. I want to hear how you juggle everything and not burn out from writing. Well, the juggling sometimes doesn't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) And it's almost, I think it's a process that evolves you know, the latest I've now come to find out, and I don't know if this is a factor of age or how fragmented our focus has Mm -hmm. become because of social media. Mm -hmm. But what I try to do is block off certain times during my day to do Mm -hmm. projects, Uh, whether it's the journalism or whether it's the writing, because I find that I have trouble juggling or or making the leap from one thing to another. Mm. The journalist Yes, you you write, but the writing is so different. Mm-hmm. It's much more formulaic. You're dealing with facts. Mm-hmm. You're usually, or I am, usually under a pr- pretty strict deadline. So that's mm-hmm. you know quite different. And of mm-hmm. course, it's you know I write mostly short form journalism. So I have a syndicated column that's about 600 to 650 words. Mm -hmm. I write for a medical website, and that's rarely more than 700 or 800 words. Mm -hmm. With fiction, you're writing 80, 90, 100,000 words. So it's, you know, it's a almost a different part of your writing brain. Sure. So I try if I'm for example, doing 
interviews or writing journalism, I try to devote that day just to that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about the process of writing your novel. You know, so how did you come to the idea and and what was the process? Because, you know, historical fiction, there's like the writing of fiction, but then there's the researching for historical fiction. So tell me about that. Well, I got the idea for this book mm-hmm. about 50 years ago, oh. which kind of <laughs> dates me, but I was in 10th grade Mm-hmm. in a Spanish four class mm-hmm. and reading through with the class, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Don Quixote in okay. that old archaic Spanish that is so painful to mm-hmm. read, even if Spanish is my first language. Mm-hmm. It's actually the language I first uh, began writing in. Okay. Anyway, uh, I always thought, oh, who is this Dulcinea? And mm-hmm. why is she kind of at the edges of the story? She mm-hmm. She's never center stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, one day I'm, I am going to bring her into the limelight. She's mm-hmm. going to have her own story mm-hmm. and her own life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of years passed. And, and part of it is I wrote other fiction, but quite honestly, I was really frightened. Mm. By the undertaking of doing this research. Yeah. I knew nothing about Golden Age Spain. I was very familiar with Spain and in particular Barcelona mm-hmm. because I visit family there uh, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a big difference between 20th and 21st century mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, the 16, the early 1600s. Yeah. Yeah. So I really kind of put it off. I did other things. And in the meantime, I, I was also raising five children and sure. all the hectic chaos that comes with it. And it mm-hmm. wasn't really till about 2017 mm-hmm. when I took a buyout from my hometown paper. Mm-hmm. And though I continue to write my weekly column for syndication mm-hmm. and I continue to freelance, it was the first time I really had any, you know, blocks of time where mm-hmm. I could do research. Sure, sure. And, and that's really when I seriously uh, started. And I started probably devoting about a year and a half to doing mm-hmm. research. I, I must have read. Mm-hmm. At least two dozen books. It, mm-hmm. Just in Cer- the Cervantes biography, mm-hmm. probably about half a dozen. Mm-hmm. And that's time consuming. You know, sure. you take, and I now realize as I work on my second historical fiction that I probably totally over researched. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I could go on Jeopardy and if they had a, a 16th century. factoids of golden age spain i'm sure i would do very well yeah yeah it's interesting so you know tell me a little bit about how the book dulcinea has gone what response has been tell me how you're marketing it i'd love to hear all about it you know i am actually just one week in Mm -hmm. so i'm doing most things uh virtually not intentionally what happened i was expecting a grandchild uh, the same week that my book was going to be out okay i blocked off two weeks because Mm -hmm. as we all know grandchildren and children Mm -hmm. and babies just in general arrive when they're good and ready as it (laughs) turned out elizabeth (laughs) 
-hmm. was early. So I was able to add on podcasts and virtual Mm -hmm. Uh, appearances and also appearances locally. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of different from my other books. Mm -hmm. And I think the marketing is so different from what I remember of my last books. And of course, a whole generation has passed Mm -hmm. between those books and now. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot, there's a lot more work involved for the writer. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a lot more opportunity. We have social media. Mm -hmm. You know, we can appear before a book club across the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that, you know, that has changed. And one thing I think I have found that is also different is that there's a writing community Mm -hmm. that is much easier to belong to also because of technology. Yeah. And within this writing community, I have found it very welcoming mm-hmm. and everybody seems to help each other. So they'll say, "Hey, do you know about this? Hey, do you know about that?" And then again, you know, I I've been a reader all my life, so mm-hmm. I know how I discover books and I follow book bloggers. I mm-hmm. follow Uh, You know, I'm on Goodreads. So that's another avenue that didn't exist before. That's an excellent source of uh, marketing and publicity for a writer. Yeah, I have found that the writing community is so supportive. And, you know, I've been a a writer all my life and I have a bunch of books out, but I find that now I can join the Women's Fiction Writers Association or I live in Michigan. There's an organization called Michigan Writers. There's so many opportunities and I, I can do it all from the comfort of my home. I mean, I can also go to events, but it's really nice to have that contact without having to always travel. It's it's amazing what we can do now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Even my research, what happened, going back to Dulcinea, yeah. I applied and received a grant for research. Okay. And it was at the beginning of 2020. And mm-hmm. of course, we all know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What happened in 2020? And by then I was well into writing the story because even though you need these facts and even even though you have to be immersed in this world of the past, Mm -hmm. the narrative is what readers are interested in and what really carries the the momentum. So Mm -hmm. I was well into it and I kept waiting to think, oh, I'm going to go over and I'm going to fill in. And in Europe, it wasn't, you know, we opened or at least we in Florida opened and then we kind Mm -hmm. of all stayed open Mm -hmm. in spite (laughs) of all the stuff that happened. Yeah. But they would close down. Mm-hmm. And then they would reopen. And every yeah. time I'd ask, you know, my family, my cousins, hey, you know, should we go? They would say, no, no, no. You know, the museums are closed. The libraries at Carlos, the archives, you're not going to have access. Mm. And it turned out that, you know, by then I had really found my way around all kinds of the corners of of the internet and found all kinds of material that I could use. And it was only early in January of this year that I actually went over by then, of course, you know, the 
the book was finally edited and mm-hmm. I got to do uh, research for the second book. But, you know, technology, it's a double edged sword, as we all know, whether it's mm-hmm. in social media or mm-hmm. or anything else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's by and large, at least for me as a writer, it has mm-hmm. been truly beneficial. Awesome. That's amazing. So let me ask about your next project. What are you working on now? Well, I was doing the research uh, for Dulcinea and, you know, I I was reading all kinds and finding all kinds of material online. Mm -hmm. There were theses, there were uh, books that Google had scanned, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, old books. I mean, like, 400-year-old books, diaries, all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. I discovered some material on this war that happened when Catalonia Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. tried yet again Mm -hmm. (laughs) to leave the Spanish monarchy. They've been trying this for centuries. (laughs) And what interested me about about it was it was considered to be the first war where modern journalism in the form of pamphlets, tracts, and leaflets mm-hmm. had played an important part mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in, I guess, revving up the population and mm-hmm. getting people to fight and do other things. Mm-hmm. And as a journalist, I found that really interesting. So, and I'm sure, Lynn, you can identify with this when you yeah. kind of fall into that rabbit hole of... <laughs> Yes. Research. Yes. Yeah. It's like Um, one topic after another after another. And it's like, where do I have time to write all these books? Right. Right. Wow, (laughs) this is interesting. Wow. I didn't know this. Wow. And and then when of course I I traveled over Mm -hmm. there to do more more research. Mm -hmm. I had a cousin who connected me with a couple of historians at the university there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that led to more things. But I I think it was really serendipity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm trying to get through the first draft, which is hard because, as I said, I have, you know, like I call it the job that pays the bills. <laughs> yes. Yep. And then while writing this this fiction and then also publicizing a book that's already out. Yeah. Yeah. It's three jobs. And then, of course, you're still a mom and you're a grandmother and you know, I'm sure that's the most important job that that grabs your attention. But oh um, yes, <laughs> do your children live near you, or are they all over the place? They're all over the place. So mm-hmm. uh, my youngest, or my last grandchild, was born in Atlanta, and okay. she's uh, grandchild number nine. Oh my gosh, that's great! And yes, and they're uh, you know they're in different cities. So when I visit, mm-hmm. unless I'm flying directly to babysit or for some function, mm-hmm. I end up, my husband and I get in the car mm-hmm. and we make, you know, the, the travels around the four city <laughs> stopping yep. at e- you know, at each of them. And as you probably know too, you know, there's a window of time where you're of interest to your grandchildren. And, you yes. know, I have teenage grandchildren now that, yeah. you know, they're in high school and they're sweet and adorable, but they have more important things than their boring <laughs> grandmother. Oh, well, I hope that changes. And I know it changed for me. I mean, I my kids are grown now, but they're, when I was a kid, I know when I was in my 20s, I just was like, it was like, 
magnetic force that drew me to my grandparents, and I felt so lucky to still have them. And so I hope that changes for you soon. <laughs> and they do. And it's funny, you know, they, they've they been the, the two oldest who are identical twins. They're in mm-hmm. the midst of taking AP tests. So I, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to nag them and FaceTime them and, and so on until the sure. weekend. Yeah. But it's very cute because now I think I've lived long enough mm-hmm. for my grandchildren are fans of my writing. And oh, I love that. You know, and they will tell me, oh, you need to repost this. And it's like a video they've done. Oh, I love it. And that is so cool. Me, yeah. It just kind of like, oh, it grabs my heart and twists it. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is so, so cool. Well, that's something to strive for. I'm going to keep that in mind as my kids grow and, and God willing, give me grandchildren before too long too. <laughs> yes. So I do want to ask you, Anna, what advice might you offer to aspiring writers who are listening to this conversation? Well, I think the advice I would give them is steps that have been very worthwhile to my development as a writer. And I think first and foremost is to read and read and read some more and to read if if you want to become a journalist or a historical fiction writer, a thriller writer, read in that genre. Mm-hmm. And see how the masters of that genre mm-hmm. put together a story or yeah. even put together a scene. Mm-hmm. And by deconstructing this, I can tell you because I did not have creative writing uh, mm-hmm. skills. You learn so, so much. And I don't think you can be a writer mm-hmm. without being an avid reader. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know, it's like a musician who won't practice. Right, right. Or who doesn't know their scales or their chords. It's just a matter. Mm-hmm. And then to me, what's also very, very important is self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, I cannot afford to wait for inspiration. Mm-hmm. I think the muse is very fickle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a schedule. Writing is a job. It's not, you know, this little vocation that I'll visit every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I do. I, I keep my schedule. I put my, as I say, my proverbial butt in my proverbial chair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and work. And, and you know, some days are good. Yeah. And some days are bad. And you just push through this those bad days because, you know, there are some good days. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I love that. And and it's just, it's wonderful to hear because, you know, I think a lot of people are under the impression that there'll be this magical time when writing will just happen and they'll be done with the the job that pays the bills or the, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be this stroke of luck and then, and then boom, I can write. And, and I've learned, you know, you have to just do it because you love it and keep doing it. But also you may very well be working, you know, parallel jobs so that you can have that, that beautiful writing time. And you just have to accept that. It's it's not always, it is an art. It can be a vocation, but you just have to do the work. And then it, it, it definitely takes you somewhere if you're dedicated to it. Exactly. And I, I really do think you hit the nail on the head. And, and it's not just writing. You think of the arts, mm-hmm. musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I know music teachers who one day mm-hmm. think they'll be able to either sing 
professionally Mm -hmm. or play professionally. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, they have to do gigs. The same is true of of painters, of actors. How many actors and actresses you hear have waited on tables Mm -hmm. for years or done something else Mm -hmm. until they get that break? You know, it's kind of taking one step at a time Mm -hmm. or one word on top of one word on top of one sentence and one paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, Anna, it's lovely to chat with you. Dulcinea is a beautiful book. It is such a lovely story, so original. I encourage everybody listening to pick up a copy, post reviews, and I just can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. And good luck with you. I think every writer needs a, a stroke of luck, of, you know, a little rabbit's foot. And lots of writer friends, right? (laughs) And a lot of writer friends because you're the only ones who understand. Yes. Thank you so much, Anna, for being on the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world. And please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more at makemeaning.org or limgaladner.com.